a lot of teams are going to start biting the dust here soon when it comes to conference championships. Last week, we had four scenarios where a team could lose out on the conference championship. This week, we got 32. Welcome back, everybody, to the Center of College Football. I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, Lincoln, Nebraska. And, yeah, my picks last week weren't the greatest. 34 and 20, 63%. Not my worst. It was pretty bad in week five. This also wasn't very good, so I'll try to do better. Uh, last week was a weird week. There wasn't a, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't a great week. Um, there weren't a ton of great games, but, you know, it's college football, so I enjoyed every second of it. So let's go ahead and jump into some of the best games of the week. Uh, first was Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State. I expected App State to get absolutely demolished in this game as they got rocked the week before by ULL, and ULL seemed way worse than Coastal, but... App State came out guns blazing. Coastal jumped out to a 14-0 lead very quickly and then just kind of stopped trying. App State, I mean, played really well, 572 yards. And, I mean, for for a pretty run-heavy team, 350 yards in the air is good. And one of the last-second field goal. And here's the thing, you know, Everyone's freaking out about, you know, oh, Coastal's not going to make the playoffs now. Coastal's not going to make a New Year Six. But what about making your conference championship? Okay, because they're now tied for first place in the Sun Belt East, but App State has the tiebreaker. And the rest of their schedule is easy. ULM has been known to upset people this year, so that's going to be a tough game. But Arkansas State's bad. You're better than South Alabama. Troy may be tough. Georgia Southern. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. Coastal schedule's pretty easy as well. Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State, South Alabama. But even if they went out, they need App State to slip up somewhere else. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. So, shout out the Mountaineers. Okay, Wake Forest at Army. <laughs> Wake Forest won by 14. But it didn't feel like they won by 14. 70 to 56. The fourth quarter had 42 combined points. That is an average of a touchdown every like two and a half minutes. Sam Hartman played like a god. Five touchdowns, 458, 23 for 29. A team that never throws the ball had 179 yards. And um, Jabari Laws had three touchdowns in the air. And Army also had 420 yards on the ground. That's impressive. Army's not bad. Like, that's not the headline here. It's just Wake Forest can put up points. Like, points, points. Like, this was impressive for both teams. I mean, this is just the epitome of a shootout. Wake Forest had a pick six. I mean, just wow. Wake Forest may be the real deal. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, I actually have a controversial opinion on that. So, we'll get to that later. Next was uh, Clemson at Pitt. Um, here's the thing. Clemson's bad. That's not fair. Their defense is one of the best in the country. I don't think anyone's denying that. They've allowed 102 points across seven games. That is impressive. They don't have an offense. Their offense is not there. It does not exist. The most they have scored outside of South Carolina State is 21 points. And they needed an overtime to do that. The most they've scored in regulation is 19. That is bad. Especially for a team that was so hyped up with their offense. Kenny Pickett for Heisman is a real deal. This team is good. This team is very good. How they lost to Western Michigan, I'm still not sure. No one really knows. 
this team may finish 11-1. The Pitt Panthers, everyone. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. I expected Oklahoma State to win this game, and I was wrong. Um, Iowa State's not done. Uh, The rest of their schedule is pretty favorable. They have West Virginia on the road, which a lot of people are circling as an upset alert. I'm not there yet. Um, Texas, they're better than Texas. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, who they could beat, and TCU. I mean, this team could finish realistically 10-2. They they could have a huge bounce back here. So, I mean, they just they played lights out. Um, Brock Purdy at 307 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't run the ball all that much, but they were able to get it done in the air. And they just, they... they they played Oklahoma State tough. Uh, they did a good job. So shout out Iowa State. Knocked off the eighth ranked team in the country. So go you. LSU at Ole Miss. This game was not as close as it indicated. Um, LSU scored in the first quarter and then in the fourth quarter. It was 31-7 to going into the fourth. There were some garbage time points. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, Matt Corral didn't even throw for that much. They went on the ground. Snoop Connor played lights out Jared Ely played lights out they both had almost 100 yards well Ely had almost 100 yards Snoop Connor had over 100 yards yeah almost is the real deal and honestly I can still see them winning the SEC West and frankly right now they're my pick to win the SEC West Auburn's gonna beat Alabama I hate that I'm saying that considering I'm a Bama fan Auburn's gonna beat Alabama Ole Miss is going to the SEC championship fight me Oregon at UCLA. Uh, this was a weird game. Um, just very, very weird because UCLA jumped out to a 14-0 lead. And then Oregon jumped out to a 34-17 lead. And then UCLA scored 14 unanswered and got oh so close to winning and then didn't. I don't know how Oregon won this game. Anthony Brown threw two interceptions. I don't know how he won this game. um, Ethan Garbers is not a good quarterback. I mm, (laughs) don't know how they won this game. I just, there's so much here. There's so much here. Oregon is not a good team. How they beat Ohio State, I'm still not sure. Um, I don't know. No one knows. I'm at a loss for words. We're going to move on before my head explodes. Um, Considering there weren't a ton of great games last weekend, one game I picked was um, Minnesota versus Maryland. I expected Maryland to bounce back. I expected Talia to go off. I expected him to rip Minnesota to shreds. That is not what happened. I think Minnesota might be good. The fact they lost to Bowling Green is still weird to me. I don't know how to take that. That is just, it's strange. It's weird. Maryland's completely fallen apart. They're 4-3 and three after a 4-0 start. Iowa broke them. Minnesota's 5-2. and two, And frankly, might win the Big Ten West. Even though they lost to Bowling Green State University. No one knows what happened there. I'm still lost. I don't know. Minnesota's good? Again? Even though they lost to Bowling Green State? I don't know. It 300 yards on the ground. Didn't even have Ibrahim. I'm so lost. Nothing makes sense. I'm going to start covering Division Three gymnastics because that seems more predictable 
than this season's college football. Please help. Ah, San Diego State at Air Force. Um, Air Force was supposed to bounce back and beat San Diego State, but this game wasn't as close as it was indicated. Um, San Diego State really controlled this game. It was it was twenty to nothing at the beginning of the third quarter, and they just kind of held Air Force at an arm's length. They tried to come back, but they could not. This was about the game you expected. Very low scoring. Um, almost all the yards were on the ground. It's what you expected out of these two teams. I think San Diego State may be a pretty solid team this year. They got Fresno State this week, which is going to be a huge matchup for this division, especially as Fresno State just beat Nevada. That could be the conference or the divisional championship game. Speaking of which, Fresno State versus Nevada. God, this bummed me out. Fresno State roared back down the field with less than a minute left, scored, and all they had to do was make a two-point conversion, and they couldn't get it. They just couldn't get it. I'm pretty sure that they actually got the onside kick, but there was just no time left. They just they ran out of time. And both these teams, I think, are very good. I think these are two of the best quarterbacks in the Mountain West and even the country. I mean, they these are just these are good quarterbacks. They both played well. I mean, Strong had 450 yards, Hayner had 250. Yeah, bummer that they're in the same division because I'd love to see them again in a conference championship game, but it is what it is. Last was Oregon State versus Utah. I was right here. Um, the Pac 12 is unpredictable. And I somehow managed to call it. Um, you know what? I can't flex that hard. I was 3-7 and seven on big games this week. This just, okay, whatever. Um, it looked like it was going to be Utah game very early on. It was 24-14 very quickly. And then Oregon State scored 21 points in the third quarter because they can. And because B.J. Baylor is a god himself, they won 42-34. And frankly... I'm not convinced that Oregon State's not going to win the Pac-12 North. They have one conference loss. Cal and Colorado are both very winnable games. Stanford is not that good. Um, even if they lose to Arizona State, that's two conference L's, and they play Oregon, and they could, I guess, tie for the Pac-12 North, but have the conf or the divisional, um, not divisional, what tiebreaker? That's what that thing is called. And go to the Pac-12 championship. I really could see it. Oregon State's a good team this year. And if they beat Cal this weekend, I think they're going to get ranked. A couple games I want to touch on. Actually, scratch that. One game I want to touch on. Penn State. Oh, my gosh. Illinois could not score a single point against Wisconsin. They barely beat Charlotte. They lost to Texas San Antonio back when everyone thought Texas San Antonio was bad, but now they're better than you. How does that feel, Penn State? To be better than, being worse than Texas would be embarrassing. Being worse than Texas San Antonio is very embarrassing. Being arguably worse than Texas El Paso is, I can't, I can't, oh my gosh. You had nine overtimes, nine chances, nine extra chances to beat Illinois. All you had to do was score an extra two-point conversion. That's all you had to do. All you, had to do. you did it once, but Illinois also did it. So you messed up. Also, um, I hate the new overtime rules. 
Like, I hate them. We had a nine overtime game and I was sitting there, not on the edge of my seat like it was with the Texas A&M LSU game, but more like, can we please just end this? Please just end this. I don't know. You somehow let Illinois put up 350 yards on the ground to you. How does that feel, Penn State? Penn State is falling apart at the seams. Remember how I said I might screw around and unrank Penn State this week? Put them at 25. They're so close to getting unranked just because there's no one else. No one else that deserves to be ranked because this season is weird. Everyone is bad except Georgia. Georgia's just god tier. No one's going to stop them. Oh my gosh, I can't. Mm -hmm. <sighs> calm. I'm calm. It's okay. Things make sense. I know what's happening. I'm just going to tell that to myself until I start believing it. So, as far as playoff eliminated teams go, we're just going to go through this quite quickly as I have a lot of conference eliminators to go through. There were three teams that got knocked out. Penn State, as I already touched down, took their second L of the year to Illinois. Coastal Carolina took their first L of the year against App State, but as they are a group of five, they're gone. And NC State took their second loss of the year to Miami because that makes sense. Also, I've decided to make an executive decision and do something I have never done before. I'm going to revive two teams and bring them back into playoff contention. First of which is Notre Dame. Um, the rules that I had set before stated that if you lose to a group of five team, you're gone. But considering it's Cincinnati, they're second in the nation, they're undefeated, and Notre Dame has won every other game outside of that, I have decided to bring them back into contention. But if they lose another game, they're gone. The other team I decided to bring back in was Pitt. Pitt is 6-1, and one, but they lost to Western Michigan. That's why I initially knocked them out. But the way they're playing, Kenny Pickett for Heisman is no longer a joke. They're probably going to win the division, if not the conference. And with the amount of chaos, I think there's a chance they make the playoffs. So I've decided to bring them back in. But same deal as Notre Dame. If Pitt slips up somewhere, they're gone with no chance of revival. Actually, I'm not going to say that because this is the 2021 season. You might have Bowling Green make the playoffs, even though they're 2-6. and six. And one of those wins is against Minnesota. I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent. I need to stop. Okay. There was one team eliminated from their conference championship this weekend as South Carolina got their heads ripped off by Texas A&M. So the East is becoming more and more decisive as we go on. So moving on to next week's game, there's a couple, actually quite a few really big games this weekend. I'm excited for this weekend. First one I want to talk about, big noon kickoff, college game day, Michigan at Michigan State. Both these teams are 7-0. and They've been playing lights out football. They've exceeded my expectations. Michigan State, I said we go six and six. Michigan, I said we go four and eight. They're playing amazing. And this is, I think, the first round of the Eastern Championship. The other one is also happening later in the day with Ohio State, Penn State. The winner of those two games, I think, will play in the real Eastern Championship. But we'll see, because chaos. This was a back and forth game for me. Um, Michigan's currently favored by four and a half. Michigan's sixth ranked in the nation. Michigan State is eighth. I ranked Michigan second. Michigan State sixth. That's my opinion. There were, this was something I went very back and forth on, but I'm going to roll with the Spartans this weekend for a couple reasons. One, it's at East Lansing. Home field advantage for a game like this is vitally important. It's, it, it could be a deciding factor. Number two, Michigan State had a bye week to prepare for this game. Michigan did not. May seem like a small thing, but it's important nonetheless. Number three, 
Michigan State's ability to pass the ball. Both of these teams are playing a ground game like no other. Michigan's rushing attack is phenomenal. Um, they're averaging 246.5 yards a game on the ground. Blake Corum's a beast. Michigan State averaging 200 yards on the ground. Kenny Walker is a potential Heisman candidate. He's playing amazing. But Michigan State's passing attack is so much better. Peyton Thorne, I think, is way better in the air than J.J. McCarthy or Cade McNara. Jalen Reed is a absolute god at wide receiver. And, you know, everyone's talking about how Michigan State hasn't played anyone yet. Okay, neither has Michigan, really. I mean, Western Michigan, Washington, Northern Illinois, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern. That's not that tough of a schedule. Michigan State's isn't much better. I'm not going to lie. Northwestern, Youngstown State, Miami, Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, Indiana. Neither of them are great. But, you know, cross-comparing, similar rivals. Michigan played Northwestern better. Michigan played Nebraska better, depending on how you want to look at it. They both won by three, but one was in regulation, one was in overtime. Michigan State played Rutgers better. I mean, it's it, this is a close game. This is a hard call for me. But just there's a couple slim things that are leaning me towards Michigan State. Another piece is Michigan State has historically been very good against Michigan in Harbaugh's time there. So I'm going to rock with the Spartans here to get them up to a top five spot probably. Next up is Texas at Baylor. Baylor can make things very interesting if they continue winning because here's the thing. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor all have one conference loss. Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State. Iowa State lost to Baylor. Baylor lost to Oklahoma State. If these three teams run the table, which each of their hardest tests left is Oklahoma, they will all be undefeated, or I'm sorry, correction, have one loss in conference play, undefeated outside of them. That's going to get really interesting because I'm not sure what the tiebreaker rules are. Back in 2008 when this happened with Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma, the rule was highest AP ranking. So I believe that would then go to Baylor and Oklahoma State. And if they decide to take overall record, that would still go to Baylor and Oklahoma State as both of them ran the table in non-conference play. But Iowa State lost to Iowa. But still, this could be very interesting. Texas, I think, is a team that is much better than their record. They're sitting at 4-3 and three at the moment, but their losses are pretty good. One is to Arkansas, which Arkansas is another team that is way better than their record shows. Another is because they choked to Oklahoma. There's not much I can do to excuse that, except that Caleb Williams is quite the quarterback. And the third loss on the year is to Oklahoma State. Well, yes, they did allow a comeback. Oklahoma State's still a very solid team. This is a toss-up for me. Um, Texas did have a bye week to prep for this. But while, yeah, I think they're a good team, I don't think they're on the level of Baylor. Baylor's been very impressive this year. Gary Bohannon has been one of the most surprising quarterbacks on the season. And they've beaten some very good opponents already. BYU, ranked 19, Iowa State is still very, very good. West Virginia, I don't think, is as bad as everyone thinks. And I think being at home, this is a huge rivalry game for them. I'm going to rock with Baylor on this one, but again, this is going to be a very close and very fun game. Next up is Iowa at Wisconsin. I kind of feel like Iowa's falling apart at the seams. I 
am part of the camp that truly believes that if Sean Clifford was healthy, that they would have beaten Iowa. And while Wisconsin's not great, their record is pretty bad. They're sitting at 4-3 and three right now, started the season very poorly. There is something to be said about the quality of the three teams they've lost to, the first of which was Notre Dame. Notre Dame is sitting at 6-1, and one, and their only loss is to an undefeated Cincinnati. Their other one is beginning of the season to Penn State, who, yes, they lost to Illinois. They're not great, but this was also the beginning of the season where Sean Clifford was at full health, so that's another very quality loss, and Michigan is undefeated. They've beaten some solid teams as well. Army isn't horrible. They racked up 56 on Wake Forest. And Purdue also curb-stomped Iowa. Despite being unranked, Wisconsin comes to this game a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't think that's for no reason. I think unless Iowa gets some crucial things figured out on offense, these two teams are very similar. Um... Here's the thing. This is a very, very important game. For the Big Ten West, this could be the Big Ten West championship game. This will not be an entertaining game. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The over-under is 36 and a half. The over-under is 36 and a half. That is nothing. There's not going to be many points scored. It's going to be a grudge match. This isn't going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But I think Wisconsin... Able to come out with the upset here, even though they're favored, I don't know. They're still putting up good numbers on the ground. That's a big reason I'm giving them the push. So give me the Badgers here. I, yeah. Next up is Georgia versus Florida. A big reason I'm putting this down is because of the tradition. I think Georgia is the way better team. I don't think anyone's stopping Georgia. They had a bye week to prep for this, but here's the thing. First of all, my superstitious self found it very funny that every year the Atlanta Braves have made it to the World Series, Florida has beaten Georgia. I think that's six times gone, so that's, you know, I guess there, um, but Florida is coming off of a very aggravating loss to LSU. Georgia is now far and away the best team in the country. This is probably the best offense floor or georgia's played all year um this could get tricky georgia's favored by 14 the tough thing is if georgia gets behind quickly i'm not sure they can stetson bennett stetson bennett their way back to the lead so that's going to be tough i'm going to roll with georgia here but i'm also putting them on upset alert Ole miss at auburn here's the thing this i don't I, okay i almost said this is going to be like the SEC West Championship, but the SEC West is, frankly, I think way more wide open than people give it credit for, because I, I can't remember if I talked about it last episode, so I'm going to go through it again. Okay, there's four teams that I think are really in contention for the SEC West. Bama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and all four of those teams can make the championship, and it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Bama runs the table, they're in. That's what it is. It's simple as that. Auburn has one conference loss to an Eastern team, so they still control their own destiny. They run the table, they're in. Ole Miss has one conference loss to Alabama, so it makes it a little difficult. But if Bama slips up along the way, frankly, probably to Auburn, and Ole Miss continues to run the table, they're in. Finally, is Texas A&M. Texas A&M beat Alabama, which is huge, but they have two conference losses already to Mississippi State and to Arkansas. So that makes it tricky. But if 
Texas A&M continues to run the table and Auburn beats Alabama there. And now the tough thing is they still have to get past both Ole Miss and Auburn. Still not sure how I feel about Texas A&M. They feel very inconsistent as Zach Calzada played lights out against Alabama and hasn't played amazing against anybody else. So it's very wide open and this is a deciding game. You know, really out of those four, the only deciding games we've had so far are Texas A&M, Alabama and Ole Miss, Alabama. That's it. The SEC West is, I think, a lot more wide open than people give it credit for. The fact Auburn is favored here is surprising. I think Auburn is better than people give them credit for. And this is coming from a Bama fan. I don't like Auburn, but, I mean, they it's weird to say this. They only lost to Georgia by 24, okay? That's less than a lot of teams have lost to them by this year. Their only losses outside of that are to Penn State with Sean Clifford there at a wideout game in Happy Valley. That They were going to lose that game, but they fought in that game. They beat LSU, who is, I don't know. I don't know if they're good or not. <laughs> and Arkansas on the road by 15. That's impressive. Ole Miss, on the other hand, is just putting up numbers. Um, it's as simple as that. They're beating good teams, um, beating Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU on the um, all in a row is no small feat. And this is the biggest game of that four-game stretch. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game. They're very different teams. Auburn's much more run-the-ball conservative style Ole Miss is just like throw it up there give me 700 yards a game because I can and I think Ole Miss's more fun passing offense wins them the game but yeah this is going to get real interesting real quick SMU at Houston when this opened Houston was a one-point favorite it's now a pick'em's game and honestly I'm not surprised. Houston 6-1. Their only loss was to a crazy comeback against Texas Tech. And SMU 7-0. This is a huge game, a huge rivalry, and frankly could determine the two seed in the ACC or the AAC championship as both these teams are undefeated in conference play. Tanner Mordecai is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They have some good wins already. They beat the living daylights out of Tulane. They, they almost lost to Navy, but so did everyone. Navy's just this crazy almost team this year. They beat TCU on the road, which is huge. Houston, on the other hand, has a couple wins, but they're a little more struggling. They beat Navy by about as much. They didn't beat Tulane by nearly as much as SMU did. They had to go into overtime to play East Carolina. This is going to be a, I think, very high-powered, high-offense game. Clayton Toon's going to have fun. Tanner Mordecai's going to have fun, but I think the just insane passing ability of Tanner Mordecai and his SMU team. The talent on that team, SMU, keeps rolling and hits 8-0. Penn State at Ohio State. Okay, this isn't as big of a game as I wanted it to be because someone lost to Illinois. I'm happy you lost to Illinois because I hate you, Penn State, but Ohio State's an 18.5 point favorite. I think that's kind of a lot, okay? Ohio State is getting a lot of hype right now because of the way they beat Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. Congrats, you beat them by a lot. But those are Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. Not exactly the best competition. Only one of those teams has a winning record, and that team is also on a three-game losing streak. So I don't understand the hype here. Okay, Penn State is the second best team they've played so far. The best 
was Oregon. And they lost to Oregon. So this is the first real test for Ohio State. I think Penn State's players are going to be very upset that they lost to Illinois and come out with fury. And this game is going to be a lot closer than people expect. I'm going to roll with Ohio State here because I think they are better than Penn State. They're at home. This is a huge game for them. But they're also on upset alert. So be prepared for that. UCLA at Utah. Uh, Once you think you have the Pac-12 figured out, you don't. And you have to deal with that. UCLA played a weird game last week against Oregon. Utah lost to Oregon State. Now they have to bond over their hatred of the schools from Oregon. I don't know what to make of Utah yet. Um, They started out the season one and two. Then they won their first three conference games, and then they lost to Oregon State. UCLA, I think, is good. They've just been unlucky in some spots. They've played some good teams. They've lost to, frankly, better teams. While Utah has a win over Arizona State and UCLA doesn't, I'm going to roll with UCLA to go on the road here and pull off a minor upset as they are a six-and-a-half-point underdog. I think DTR, if he can stay healthy this game and is in this game, they have a shot at winning. Zach Charbonnet is a beast at running back. It's it's a close game, and I'm excited. It's Pac-12 after dark so that I can actually you know have a chance to watch this prime this is going to be a great game and another staple game in the Pac-12 South. I really think it's down to UCLA, Utah, and Arizona State in the South. And it's going to, frankly, get very entertaining if um, UCLA beats Utah because then you're going to have this circle of Arizona State beat UCLA, UCLA beat Utah, Utah beat Arizona State. And that's going to be a lot of fun figuring out who the Pac-12 South champion is going to be. So give me UCLA in this one. Virginia at BYU. Okay, Virginia is not getting the respect they deserve. And frankly, it's kind of a travesty. They're 6-2. and two. Okay, I'm aware some of their opponents haven't been the greatest. But their only losses are to North Carolina when Sam Howell decided to play good for one game. And Wake Forest, who is 7-0. So why Virginia is not getting the hype they deserve is upsetting. And BYU, on the other hand, is ranked 25th despite being... Yes, they're 6-2, and two, but their last three games include loss to Boise State, who's sitting at 3-4, and four, by the way, loss to Baylor, which Baylor's not a bad team, and a loss to Washington State, who doesn't have a head coach and, like, four assistants. Or, I'm sorry, a win against them, but you won by two points. You won by two points. The biggest factor that BYU has going for them is the location and the time. Playing on the East Coast, I mean, this is going to be... 10 15 on the east coast while for byu i think it's going to be 8 15 7 15 i don't know what time zone utah's in it's it's earlier than than virginia okay and that's going to be a big deal but i think the way brennan armstrong's been playing for virginia this team deserves some respect and they're going to demand it and get it here against byu Fresno State at San Diego State. Um, I looked into this game and was trying to convince myself of reasons that, frankly, San Diego State should win and saw a lot more reasons Fresno State should win. Fresno State has two losses, both close by a combined 10 points. While San Diego State is 7-0, their real only big win is against Air Force. And yeah, they came out to a 20-0 lead, but they almost let Air Force come back. Call it garbage time points. Call it almost a comeback, whatever. 
in this day and age, frankly, I feel like if you put a a pass-heavy offense up against a run-heavy offense, pass-heavy is going to win every time. And that's what this is. Fresno State is a throw-it-in-the-air, kill-you-through-the-air type team. 353 yards on average per game. Jack Hayner is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. 2,500 yards in eight games. San Diego State, on the other hand, just runs it. They're 219th in the nation. Granted, that's including FCS in Russia, or in passing. They're averaging 212 yards on the ground a game. This is one I went back and forth on. I think it's going to be a very good game. But Fresno State has some good wins under their belt. They were able to hold off Nevada. They beat UCLA, who's still a good team. And... I think they win a close game here against San Diego State. I think, look, a lot of these games this week, you could make a very compelling argument for either side. And that's why I am very intrigued by this week. Um, I could go 10-0 and I'd be like, cool, okay. I could go 0-10 and and I'd be like, cool, okay. A lot of these games are 50-50 games. And I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, this is going to be a very fun weekend. So, as far as playoff eliminator games go, there are none, but there are a lot of games that could result in teams getting knocked out of their conference championship, so we'll rush through those real quick. First of all, we have the ACC. If Syracuse takes an L, or if Wake Forest beats Duke this weekend, not both of those have to happen, just one, Syracuse is gone. If Syracuse loses and Clemson wins, Syracuse is gone. If Wake Forest wins or if i'm sorry if wake forest or clemson wins one of those two and boston college loses to syracuse boston college is gone if wake forest wins and florida state loses wake or florida state is gone if wake forest wins and louisville loses louisville is gone wake forest could do a lot of damage here if duke loses to wake forest duke is gone if Georgia Tech loses or Pitt wins, which it's Kenny Pickett, Pitt's going to win, Georgia Tech's gone. Moving over to the American, there's not nearly as many possibilities here as they aren't a divisional format. If Tulane loses this weekend, they're out of the conference championship. I don't think they're going to lose. They play, oh no, they play Cincinnati. They're going to die. That was not a mistake on my part. It was for comedic effect. It didn't land. Oh, well, we're going to move on from that. If Navy loses... SMU wins against Houston or Cincinnati wins, Navy is gone. And come on, one of those threes is probably going to happen. Big 12 gets a little complicated here. Um, I hope I hit everything. So in the Big 12, if Kansas loses to Oklahoma State, Iowa State wins or Baylor wins, Kansas is gone. If West Virginia, it's weird. It feels weird West Virginia is getting knocked this early. If West Virginia loses or Baylor wins, West Virginia is gone. And then if Kansas State loses and Iowa State or Oklahoma State wins, Kansas State's gone. So it's weird, but in order for okay, so in order for Kansas State to lose, they or to lose out on the conference championship, Kansas State has to lose, and either Iowa State or Oklahoma State has to win. So moving over to the Big Ten, if Ohio State wins or Michigan State wins and Indiana loses. Indiana is gone. If Michigan wins and Indiana loses, Indiana is gone. So, 
Yeah, pretty much as long as Indiana loses because, I mean, one of Michigan or Michigan State has to win. So Indiana, if you lose to Ohio State, or I'm sorry, no, you're playing Maryland, you may be okay. If you lose to Maryland, you're gone. If Rutgers loses, they're out. If Maryland loses to Indiana or Ohio State wins against Penn State, Maryland is gone. On the Western side of things, there's only one team on the chopping block. Makes me sad as a Nebraska fan. Nebraska loses and Minnesota wins. Nebraska will be gone. Moving over to the Conference USA, it's weird that they have the ability to do this to people. If UTEP wins and Southern Miss loses, Southern Miss is gone. If UAB wins or North Texas loses, North Texas is gone. And if UAB wins or Southern Miss loses, Southern Miss will not make the conference championship. Only one scenario in the MAC, as there is only one game in the MAC. If Bowling Green loses to Buffalo, they will be the first team in the MAC knocked out of the conference championship game. How did you beat Minnesota? Moving over to the Mountain West, if Fresno State beats San Diego State or UNLV loses on Friday night to Nevada, UNLV will be gone. Then on the um, lost my train of thought, I apologize. I tend to do that a lot. On the Pac-12 side of things, if Washington State or Oregon wins and Cal loses, Cal will be gone. If Washington State wins and Stanford loses, Stanford will be gone. It's weird that Stanford somehow beat Oregon. If Colorado loses and Arizona State wins, Colorado's gone. And if USC loses and Utah wins, USC is gone. Man, remember when they were the preseason favorite to win the Pac-12? That was an interesting time. And the SEC East is about to get lit on fire we could walk out of this weekend very likely with two teams left in contention. So as South Carolina and Vanderbilt are both gone. So if Missouri loses to Vanderbilt or Florida, or, or, if, or if Georgia wins, Georgia will knock out Missouri. If Florida loses, they're gone. If Tennessee loses or Georgia wins, Tennessee's gone. So yeah, basically if Georgia beats Florida, they knock out three teams from the conference championship game. And they're sitting at um sitting at 5-0 in conference play. If they beat Missouri next weekend and beat Florida, it's sealed for them. They're the conference or the divisional champions. Moving over finally to the Sun Belt, there's three scenarios, and ULL could do a lot of damage here and knock it down to them and um lost my train of thought. I keep doing this. This is not fun. Them and Louisiana Monroe. So if ULL wins or Arkansas State loses, Arkansas State's gone. And if South Alabama loses and ULL wins, South Alabama's gone. And if Texas State loses to Louisiana, Texas State's gone. So pretty much all Louisiana has to do is beat Texas State. It's all they have to do. And they have knocked out every team except their in-state rival. So that'd be huge for them. Moving on to the upset alerts. First game I want to talk about, there's actually a lot of alerts here, is Troy at Coastal Carolina actually plays tomorrow, so Thursday night. Coastal's a 18.5 point favorite. Troy, I think, is a lot better than people give them credit for. They have three L's to a decent Liberty team, to an SEC team on the road, and a ULM team who is just weird. I don't know what to make of them. But they're on a two-game winning streak. Uh, they had a bye week to prep. And Coastal Carolina just took a huge loss, first regular season loss in two years to App State. This could be demoralizing for them. And Troy could go on the road here, capitalize, and beat a ranked team. 
Next game up, it's, I did not ever think I'd say this last year, Florida State at Clemson. I was tempted to pick Florida State in this game, but I'm going to just slightly roll with Clemson. But Florida State started off 0-4. They have not lost a game since. They're playing solid football at this point. Clemson is, well, Clemson. Clemson's a 10-point favorite at this point. If this was in Tallahassee, I'd probably pick Florida State to win. But for now, it's just an alert. Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is on upset alert until further notice, okay? You looked like you had things fixed once you played TCU, and then you almost lost to Kansas. You beat Kansas by 12. You're trailing in the fourth quarter. How do you do this? So, yes, Oklahoma is on upset alert until further notice. When you barely beat the worst team in your conference, you are on upset alert until further notice. Oklahoma is a 20-point favorite. We will see what happens. What's probably going to happen is Texas Tech is going to be up 28 to nothing, with seven and a half seconds left, and then somehow Oklahoma is going to win by 15 because that is what Oklahoma does, and they are 8-0, and oh, and I hate them. If they lost every one-score game this year, they'd be 3-5. and five. They'd be 3-5. and five. And that doesn't even take into consideration the emotion of this stuff, which probably would have gotten you an L to TCU in Kansas. You'd probably be 1-7 and seven at this point. I can't deal with this team. <clears throat> Moving on. Louisiana Monroe at Appalachian State. Kind of the opposite of Oklahoma. If you are playing ULM, you are on upset alert, okay? ULM, I'm pretty sure, has been underdogs in every game they've played this season. And somehow, they are 4-3. and three. They were a 23.5 point favorite, or underdog to Troy, beat them by two scores. 32.5 point underdog to Liberty, beat them for the biggest upset of the season. Following week, 13.5 point underdog to South Alabama, beat them. I think they were a couple points of an underdog to Jackson State as well, an FCS team. Beat them because they can. So, yeah, and especially coming off as big of a win as you just have as App State, you're definitely on upset alert. App State's a 27.5 point favorite. That's really high, in my opinion. ULM's going to cover. So, yeah, just be careful, App State. Next is Duke at Wake Forest. Beginning of the season, I predicted Duke to start the season 3-4 and four, and Wake Forest to start the season 6-1. and one. So they'd start out 6-0 and oh, and then lose every game after that. They beat Wake, or they beat Army. I'm proud of them. That's a huge win. The only things I've gotten wrong on Duke's schedule, as I said, they beat Charlotte and lose to Northwestern. It was reversed from that. But here's the thing. I'm going to pick Duke to win this game. Not only cover as a 17-point underdog, but win. Mateo Durant is playing great football. He's rushing the ball amazingly. He's carrying this team. And I'm going to be honest. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I will admit it fully. But there have been upsets in the past. Texas A&M versus Florida is the big one that comes to mind. Um, Iowa State, Oklahoma last year that I've gone back on and have regretted and have kicked myself. And so if I'm wrong, then I'll admit it. But if I'm, if I picked Wake Forest to win and then was wrong, I would be kicking myself so hard, so hard here. 
So not only is Wake Forest on upset alert, I think they're going to get upset. Next one's a bit more of an under-the-radar game, but UTEP at Florida Atlantic, okay? UTEP has played all pretty garbage opponents. I'm not going to lie. The best team they've played is probably Louisiana Tech, and they're 2-5. and five. But UTEP is also sitting at 6-1. and one. Florida Atlantic's 4-3. and three. They're an 11.5-point favorite. This is UTEP's first real test. And they had a bye week to prepare for this game. And they play their rival, UTSA, the week after FAU. If they both win, they will both be the only undefeated teams in their division, and I believe their conference. They could show them, hey, UTSA isn't the only, you know, Texas school system in the Conference USA that's good. We're here too. And this could be a statement game for UTEP. So I'm going to look more into this game. I may pick UTEP to win, frankly, but I just need to do a little more research. Last game I want to talk about, it's weird that I'm saying this, Kansas at Oklahoma State. Kansas, frankly, played very well last weekend. I'm not going to lie. I watched as much of that game as I could. And while, yeah, they're 1-6, the rest of their schedule is pretty favorable. I'm not going to lie. Outside of Oklahoma State, they have Kansas State, Texas, TCU, West Virginia. The bulk of their schedule is behind them. I mean, they've already played Coastal Carolina, Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. And... Heck, if they get to 5-7, and seven, they may make it to a bowl game, and that'd be huge for Lance Leopold in his first year. Oklahoma State's a 30.5-point favorite. Getting into the psychology of this stuff, Kansas, if you go to Kansas, you know you're going to be bad at football. That's honestly, that's my opinion. But playing Oklahoma like that is going to hype up your fan base. It's going to make them want to travel down to Stillwater. And... Oklahoma State, on the other hand, just took a demoralizing loss to an unranked team. While it was Iowa State, it's still demoralizing. And I'm going to pick Oklahoma State here to win. But Kansas could make a huge statement here, an absolutely monstrous statement here on the road. So those are my upset alerts. Um, And to close things out, we'll go into my game day picks real quick. So I have obviously three the games in week 10 aren't great we start midweek matching which makes me happy but my first pick is utsa at utep pending things go well for these teams utsa will come into this game eight and zero. utep seven and one both will be undefeated in conference play and this is a huge rivalry game that frankly especially with uab's loss to rice could determine the cusa west it'd be a new place for them and maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I'd like them to go here. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Second is Texas at Iowa State. If Texas can pull off the upset here against Baylor, it'd most likely be a ranked matchup. It's a high-profile game. I don't think it's the best game by any means here, but it's I feel like a high-profile game, so that they'd probably go there. Then there's Auburn at Texas A&M. This is another very big game in the West. And if Auburn can beat um, Ole Miss this weekend, this is a huge game. This is really staying alive for both of these teams in the SEC West. Because here's the thing. 
if Texas A&M wins and runs the table, if Auburn beats Alabama, they're in the SEC championship. But if Auburn runs the table from here, they're in the SEC championship. So it'd be a little harder for Texas A&M, but you know, even if Auburn lost this game and then beat Bama, Texas A&M would be the one getting into the SEC championship. Pending Ole Miss doesn't do some stuff, but this is probably the biggest game. It's probably what it's going to be pending Auburn doesn't lose. Even if Auburn loses, it could be there. So those are my game day picks. Good gosh, this episode's long. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> this sport's getting a lot more entertaining. Um, this is very reminiscent of the 2007 season, even though I was like three when that happened, but it's fine. So yeah, uh, that's all I have. I can't wait for this weekend. So with that, I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording as always from the Center of College Football, signing out.